respected monks in the audience, young friends, ladies and gentlemen, namaskar, good evening to all of you. On the 12th of January, I had the privilege of participating in the Youth Convention at Hyderabad as part of the 150th birth anniversary celebrations of the greatest son of India, Swami Vivekananda. We garland the statue at the Tankburn Road with about 2,000 young students, young men and women. We walked the streets of Hyderabad, went to the ashram. We had a very interesting seminar in the morning, question and answers in the evening. And uh, I'm so happy to have the privilege of coming here again. And these uh, celebrations, uh, which has been organized uh, with great uh, planning and forethought, and uh, Anantamara Swamiji has made it a memorable event for the whole country. <laughs> At Hyderabad, as uh, the Vivekananda Institute of Human Excellence has been training thousands of youngsters in the right attitudes and right values. Swami Vivekananda Ji said, I quote, my faith is in younger generation, the modern generation. Out of them will come my workers. They will work out the whole problem like lions, he said. Swamiji was the first great leader of India to diagnose the cause of India's downfall. As the neglect of the poor, downtrodden masses in of India and to declare boldly, I quote, no amount of politics will be of any avail until the masses of India are once more well educated, well fed and well cared for. Indeed, he was the first spokesman for the poor in India and coined the word Daridra Narayana, which was given currency later by the greatest uh, man of the last century, Mahatma Gandhiji. Swami Vivekananda was the great awakener of the soul of India in modern times, whose magnificent personality and electrifying words infused faith and courage, love and sympathy, service and sacrifice in the hearts of millions of Indians. Swamiji was one of the builders of modern India, whose words and deeds profoundly influenced the lives and thinking of the great founding fathers of Indian independence, like Subhash Chandra Bose, Mahatma Gandhi, Jawaharlal Nehru, Rajagopalachari, and many others. Swamiji took India out of her isolation of centuries and brought her into the stream of international life and thought. Everywhere he taught man to realize his innate heritage. The innate divinity of man was the constant theme of all his teachings cutting across all divisions based on political or religious affiliations. The more spiritually a man, the more universal he becomes, says Swamiji. I had the privilege of uh, 
spending several quality hours with Swami Raghunathanaji when he was in Hyderabad, and I also had a very interesting meeting with President Maharaj in April 2005 at Belur when he was quite ill. I happened to be there and I was told the doctors advised him not to meet anybody but still sent a message. He was gracious and would say I must see him. I am saying this because to say at that stage, at that age, a monk, a sannyasi, he was worried about India and its people and the condition like Swami Vivekananda thought of a hundred years back. <laughs> Against the doctor's advice, he received me. They said, five, only take only five minutes with him. I said, I won't take any time. I only listened to him. He spent more than half an hour with me. He said, I'm worried about what is happening in the country. At all levels, right from the leadership down the line. And to make it very brief, he said, I want to write a letter to all the members of parliament, the prime minister, everybody, along with a few books. Can you reach it to them? I told Swamiji I will do that. He said, I'm going to write a letter to analyzing the problem and suggesting many solutions and also give some books. But then it was not to happen because Swamiji attained Samadhi and I could not get that. But I'm saying this to say, what great parampara heritage. So Vivekananda was concerned about the nation and its people, the poor people, the values, attitudes. Swami Raghunathananda ji, several decades later, he was worried even towards the end, towards, you know, he was very ill at that time, but he spoke to me and he said, I'm going to write a letter. I promise Swamiji, I will see to it, it reaches the Prime Minister, every member of parliament. That is the great parampara in which all these monks are there. My salutations to all these great figures. Now, what I'm going to say is nothing new because I know very well they're all great masters have shared thoughts with you. You're all very well read. But what I thought I should share with you in a few minutes, I'm going to say that. Because to say, wow, we should be proud. Why we should do it? Because the situation has not changed very much in the nation. More of corruption, more of injustice, more of exploitation, poverty, illness, all that is there. So that's why you should know even then a monk who lived only for 39 years, in such a short time, he created wonders. It's a little reverberating. 150th birthday celebrations all over the world. I am very happy. I compliment the government of India. Very rarely we, they give opportunity to do us these days. But they said 100 crores they have allotted to spread the teachings of Swamiji because they are more needed today than in his time. See, what, what Subhash Chandra both said about him, he said, reckless in his sacrifice, because, you know, see, the way they, as a wandering monk, what all he has gone through, I was just, some Jesus were also telling, I'm going to conclude it with the, what he said. Reckless in his sacrifice, unceasing in his activity, boundless in his love, profound and versatile in his wisdom, exuberant in his emotions, merciless in his attacks, but yet simple as a child. He was a rare personality in this world of ours. If he were alive, I would have been at his feet. This is what Subhash Chandra Bose said. He himself is a great son of India. He said, if he were alive, I would have been at his feet, he said. Now, Sister Nivedita, 
See, I quote her. India throbbed in his breast. India beat in his pulse. India was his daydream. India was his nightmare. He himself became India. His whole heart and soul was burning, epic of the country, touched to an outflow of mystic passion by her very name. That was his patriotism for India and its people. Sister Nivedita said, you know about Sister Nivedita, I don't have to describe. The American historian Will Durant, I'm quoting him, he said, Swami Vivekananda preached to his countrymen a more virile creed than any Indian had offered them since Vedic days. Then, the French biographer of Sri Ramakrishna, Sri Vivekananda and Mahatma Gandhi and the Nobel laureate, he says, I'm quote, the present leaders of India, the king of thinkers, the king of poets and the Mahatma, Aurobindo Ghosh, Tagore and Gandhi have grown, flowered and borne fruit under the double constellation of Swayam Paramahamsa Ramakrishna and the Eagle Swami Vivekananda, a fact publicly acknowledged by Aurobindo and Gandhi. So that is the heritage to which, glorious heritage to which we belong. So we are not ordinary people, don't get depressed, lose heart by what is happening around today. And Swamiji arrived at Chicago in July 1893. I have to say these things because only to say, not only today we are admiring because he is an Indian monk, at that time he was 29 when he went to Chicago and addressed the parliament not known. Professor John Henry Wright of Harvard University invited him to speak at the university. On learning that Vivekananda lacked a credential to speak at the Chicago Parliament, John Henry Wright is quoted having said, just listen, to ask for your credentials is like asking the sun to state its right to shine in the heavens. At that time, at the age of 29, an unknown monk goes there in separate cloths. And he says, to ask for your credentials is like asking the sun to state his right to shine in the heavens. On the professor, Swami Vivekananda himself writes later, I quote, he urged upon me the necessity of going to the parliament of religions, which he thought would give an introduction to the nation. 11th September 1893, he was initially nervous bowed to Saraswati, the Hindu goddess of learning, and began his speech with, you know, those five famous words, sisters and brothers of America. These are five words. We can rip, what was, when we say that, what happens? Nothing much happens. But to these words, he got a standing ovation from a crowd of 7,000, which lasted for two to three minutes. So that sees that it's not the words, from where they came. An avatar, nothing less than an avatar he is, you may believe in it or not, because how can these five words create such an impact of 7,000 people from around the world, they are all standing ovation for three minutes, non-stop, to an unknown monk. So that means he is just not a 29-year-old monk from India, the power of the divine through him. When silence was restored, he began his address. He greeted the youngest of the nations, America, on, the above, on behalf of the most ancient order of monks in the world, <laughs> the Vedic order of sannyasins, a religion which has taught the world both tolerance and universal acceptance. He quoted two illustrative passages from the Shiva Mahimna. We don't have time, we will not go into that. Dr. Burroughs, 
the president of the parliament, world parliament of religions, first parliament, he said, I quote, India, the mother of religions was represented by Swami Vivekananda, the orange monk who exercised the most wonderful influence over his auditors. He attracted widespread attention in the press, which dubbed him as the cyclonic monk from India. I'm talking about 1893, the American press writing about a 29-year-old monk, unknown monk going. They say, cyclonic monk from India, the New York critic wrote, he is an orator by divine right, and his strong, intelligent face in its picturesque setting of yellow and orange was hardly less interesting than those earnest words and the rich rhythmical utterance he gave them. Then the New York Herald wrote, I quote, Vivekananda is undoubtedly the greatest figure in the parliament of religions. A 29-year-old unknown monk from India, the New York Herald writes, Vivekananda is undoubtedly the greatest figure in the parliament of religions. After hearing him, we feel how foolish it is to send missionaries to this great nation. The American newspapers reported Vivekananda the greatest figure in the parliament of religions. At that time, the Boston Evening Transcript reported Vivekananda was a great favorite at the parliament. He merely, if he merely crosses the platform, he is applauded. So such was the great man whose 150th birth anniversary we are celebrating. You are all fortunate, you are all privileged, and you are also wise to be here to celebrate such a great being. While in the West he talked of India's great spiritual heritage, on return to India, Swamiji addressed social issues, uplift of the population, getting rid of the caste system, promotion of science, industrialization of the country, addressing the widespread poverty and the end of the colonial rule. He believed a country's future depends on its people. His teachings focused on the development of the masses. He wanted, I quote, to set in motion a machinery which will bring noblest ideas to the doorstep of even the poorest and the meanest. His nationalistic thoughts influenced scores of Indian thinkers and leaders. Sri Aurobindo regarded Vivekananda as the one who awakened India's spirituality. Gandhi counted him among the few Hindu reformers, I quote Gandhiji's words, who have maintained this religion in a state of splendor by cutting down the dead wood of tradition and rituals. The first Governor General of Independent India, Chakravarti Rajagopalachari said, Vivekananda saved Hinduism, he saved India. Subhash Chandra Bose said, the maker of modern India. For Mahatma Gandhi, Vivekananda's influence created his love for his country. I Please listen to this. Mahatma Gandhi said, Vivekananda's influence on him increased his love for his country a thousandfold. Should we not love our India a little more? It can have such a great impact in spite of all that is happening by the present set of rulers and bureaucrats. Vivekananda influenced India's independence movement. His writings inspired a whole generation of freedom fighters such as Netaji, Arvind Ghosh, Bhaktilak, and many others. Many years after Vivekananda's Samadhi, Rabindranath Tagore told French Nobel laureate Romain Rolland, I quote him, if you want to know India, study Vivekananda. In him, everything is positive and nothing negative. I think we are not studying enough of Vivekananda ji. I myself confess I am guilty of that. With this, I have taken edition, collected a lot of books. I am going to read all about Swamiji because 
Tagore told Romain Rowling, the Nobel laureate, if you want to know India, study Vivekananda. In him, everything is positive. Roman Roland himself wrote, he said about Swamiji, his words are great music, phrases in the style of Beethoven, stirring rhythms like the march of Handel choruses. I cannot touch these sayings of his, scattered as they are through the pages of books at 30 years distance, without receiving a thrill through my body, like an electric shock. And what shocks, what transports must have been produced when in burning words they issued from the lips of their hero. That's how the American audience, 7,000 people, got up and gave a standing ovation just hearing five words from him. So, I am, I, once again, I would like to congratulate the government of India for declaring his birthday as a National Youth Day. I think we should, when something good is done, we should acknowledge it so that they will do more good things. He is projected as a role model for the youth by the even government of India as well as non-government organizations. Shri Purna Mukherjee, now the present president when he was finance minister, he said he approved this 100 crore project, Swami Vivekananda Values Education Project at the cost of 100 crores with the objective is involving the youth through competitions, ESAs, etc. And also publishing his complete work in different languages. He was a key figure in the introduction of Indian philosophies, Vedanta and Yoga to the Western world. I quote Swamiji, there is no way you can talk about Swamiji without quoting him because you can't use better expressions. Come up, O lions, talking to the youngsters. Shake off the delusion that you are sheep, you are souls immortal, spirits free, blessed and eternal. You are not matter, you are not just physical bodies. Matter is your servant, not you the servant of the matter. At Kanyakumari, Swamiji had the vision of one India and he said, I quote, at Cape Comorin, sitting in Mother Kumari's temple, sitting on the last bit of Indian rock, I hit upon a plan. We are so many sannyasis wandering about and teaching the people metaphysics. It is all madness. Did not our Gurudev used to say, an empty stomach is no good for religion? We as a nation have lost our individuality, and that is the cause of all mischief in India. We have to raise the masses. He gave a lot of importance to education, because it's a process that teaches people to cherish and respect all living beings. Education embodies the timeless struggle of human civilization to create an unerring path to peace. He says, we speak of many things parrot-like, but never do them. Be strong, my young friends, that is my advice to you. You will understand the Gita better with your biceps, your muscles, a little stronger. You will understand the mighty genius and the mighty strength of Krishna better with a little strong blood in you. You will understand the Upanishads better and the glory of the Atman when your body stands firm upon your feet and you feel yourselves as men. He says, my whole ambition in life is to set in motion machinery which will bring noble ideas to the door of everybody and then let men and women settle their own fate. Let them know what our forefathers as well as other nations have thought on the most momentous questions of life. We are to put the chemicals together, the crystallization will be done by nature according to our laws. Keep the motto before you, elevation of the masses without injuring their religion. The greatest truths are the simplest things in the world, says Swamiji. Simple as your own existence, the truth of the Upanishads are before you. Take them up, live up to them, and the salvation of India will be at hand. He says, no more weeping. 
but stand on your feet and be men and women. It's a man-making religion that we want. It's man-making theories that we want. It's man-making education all around we want. And here is the test of truth. Anything, he says, anything that makes you weak physically, intellectually, and spiritually, reject as poison. There is no life in it. It cannot be true. Truth is strengthening. Truth is purity. Truth is all knowledge. Truth must be strengthening, must be enlightening, must be invigorating. Love, I love my nation. I cannot see it degraded. Weakened any more than you are now. Therefore, I am bound for your sake and for, for truth's sake to cry, hold. What we need is simple and practical methods of building to offer to the truth, which can, they can apply in daily life and see how their life changes. The youth require a personal ideal to follow an ideal which can be their role model, whose life sets for them an inimitable, an imitable example, who is full of youth and energy. Swami Vivekananda is the best ideal for the modern age. The lamp of life can lit with the fire of another lamp and not just with dry wisdom. Swamiji embodied the strength of the lion along with compassion and intense love for the oppressed and the downtrodden. He inspired the youth for struggle and sacrifice and suffering for the whole. He left the planet very young and hence continues to be the youth icon forever. He explained that none can really have a successful life or work for others without building one's character first. He himself possessed a selfless character untouched by the weaknesses of the world. He said three things are necessary. Conviction of the powers of goodness, absence of jealousy and suspicion, helping all who are trying to be and good. Men are wanted. Everything will be ready, but strong, vigorous, believing young men, sincere to the backbone, are wanted. With a hundred such persons, he said, the world can become revolutionized. The more we grow in love and virtue and holiness, the more we see love and virtue and holiness outside. All condemnation of others really condemns ourselves. Swamiji says, only one-third of the influence, words, even thoughts, contribute only one-third of the influence in making an impression. The man, two-thirds. What you call the personal magnetism of the man, that is what goes out and impresses you. Money not pay, nor fame. Fame does not pay, nor learning. It is love that pays. It's character that cleaves its way through adamantine walls of difficulties. Now we are complaining about wanting of this and that. I only want to quote one passage of uh, Swamiji. I was, uh, he's, he has gone through that. Then after that you see, why, what are we complaining about? That is, he says, my child, I want muzzles of iron and moves of steel inside which dwells a mind of the same material as that of which the thunderbolt is made. He's, he says, please listen to this carefully. It is his own word, Swamiji's. Afterwards, we'll stop complaining now. He says, many times, I have been in the jaws of death, starving, foot sore and weary. For days and days I had no food and often could walk no further. I would sink down under a tree and life would seem to be ebbing away. I could not speak, I could scarcely think, but at last the mind reverted to the idea, I quote, I have no fear of death, 
never was I born, never did I die. I never hunger at first. I am it, I am it. So if Swamiji had gone through that and he could create a revolution, that thoughts reverberating all over the world, what are we complaining about? We have no right. Let us be proud of such a big heritage we have got. Let us read more of Swami Vivekananda and try to follow, never give up hope. We have got a great tradition, we have got a great uh, heritage and this is a revival, resurrection, you know, now, or the movement now, with this 150th anniversary is actually God-centered this time. So let us all determine, take a vow that we will not give up hope, we will reform the country, we will bring success and gold to the nation. Thank you. Namaskar.